I don't think we're going to have enough hot dogs. Welcome everyone to Feelin' Film. I'm your host, Aaron White, and this is where I bring you weekly new release reviews that are simple, short, and spoiler-free. In this episode, I'm going to be discussing May-December, coming to us from Netflix. The film stars Natalie Portman, Julianne Moore, and Charles Melton. It is directed by Todd Haynes, written by Sammy Birch and Alex Mechanic, and is loosely inspired by the story of Mary Kay Letourneau. Cinematography is by Christopher Blavelt. It is edited by Afonso Goncalves, and music is by Marcelo Zarvos. It runs 113 minutes and is rated R for some sexual content, graphic nudity, drug use, and language. What's it about? 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance gripped the nation, a married couple with a large age gap buckles under the pressure when an actress arrives to do research for a film about their past. Now that line that I uttered at the beginning of this video is from the film's opening scene, and it's spoken by Julianne Moore as her character Gracie is preparing for a family barbecue and the arrival of Natalie Portman's character, who is an actress coming to study this family for an upcoming biopic. As Moore says this, she stares blankly into the refrigerator. The camera zooms in on her face, and there's a dramatic musical cue in the background, and this really exemplifies the tonality of what you can expect from this movie going forward. It's going to be extremely layered, but it's also very soapy and melodramatic, and you can expect frequent lines like that one to be uttered completely deadpan, and for the film to also kind of veer into campy territory quite often. Now, this was one of the rare films that I came out of and was really unable to give my thoughts on it right away. I wasn't sure. I needed to sit with it. I had to truly think about this. And it stayed with me for a couple of days on my mind as I kind of ruminated on what I saw and what the approach was for telling this particular story. As I said, it's about this tabloid romance between an older woman and I believe he was a 6th or 7th grade kid when they had their love affair. She was married at the time. She had kids at the time. So that creates an incredibly awkward situation for this story to live in. And so when we fast forward now, Gracie, this character, has already been in prison for her crime. She's now out. She's happily married to Joe, the young man that she was with uh, back in the day, and now they have kids of their own. The family dynamics are all completely out of whack because Gracie's ex-husband still lives in the same town, therefore so do her children with him, and now they've got this situation where there's these kids involved from two different relationships and two vastly different aged fathers. And it's all sorts of complicated and weird. The community is also sort of not necessarily very welcoming to her. They tolerate her presence there. 
but it's pretty clear that no one is very glad that she is still around and there's a lot of stares and weird whispers that you see happening throughout. Natalie Portman's character comes into this story as, again, this person who is going to be studying Gracie to get ready for a role in a movie, and she inserts herself thoroughly into the family. So there's kind of two things going on here at once. There's the story of Gracie and her husband, Joe, and the psychology of what uh, something like this would do to Joe uh, and also to their family. And then there's the Natalie Portman side of things where it seems like she is a method actress and she is really trying to get into character in a way that is probably pretty unhealthy. A couple scenes really hammer this home, one in which she is learning to put on Gracie's makeup, and she wants to be very specific about the exact products that Gracie uses. She's like taking notes, this specific rouge lipstick or blush, and then she's having Gracie help her apply it to make sure that it is the exact replica of the way that Gracie would do it. And there's another one where she finds herself in the storeroom to a pet store, which is the location that Gracie and Joe had, I guess, first probably consummated their own relationship and, and had illegal sex. And Natalie Portman kind of cozies herself up on the floor up against a door and begins to act out and imagine what it would have been like to have sex with someone underage in that room at the time. And it's very awkward and creepy at times, but yet it's funny because of the sort of melodramatic nature of the musical score, which is an absolute delight. It is pitch perfect and awesome. And then also just the way that the characters lean into that sort of campy version of these characters that are trying to be serious, but they they know that they're not serious. It's really well done, and it, and it really results in a fascinating viewing experience. The film is dealing with something that is a very serious topic, though. You know, that being an older person having sex with an underage male, and then this is sort of played out through Joe's character. Charlie Melton gives a phenomenal performance one that is very subtle in showing us how he has probably been damaged and altered by this. He feels very isolated. Uh, Gracie is very controlling. And Joe doesn't know how to be a parent. He's in his early 30s and he has kids that are graduating high school and he's trying to process this and reconcile this. He he wants to give them advice for the future, and he cares about them and their lives, but he's practically closer to their age than he is his own wife, and it just is so impossibly frustrating to watch this and to see Gracie not seem to understand how her actions affected him and sort of got them into this situation. It's heartbreaking at times, even though it's often still hilarious. And as I mentioned, it's definitely thought-provoking, too. It's unquestionably a gorgeously shot film. I love the film grain that is used. This is not like something that is really smooth and perfectly digitized. 
I think it was shot in Savannah, Georgia, and it captures that small town community vibe really well. And in addition to Melton being such a standout performer, Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore absolutely bring it. Moore acts with this lisp for her character that seems to come and go, but I almost wonder if it was purposeful. It feels like it's like part of the film's unique charm. And then Natalie Portman and she have many scenes where they're just standing there talking to each other or talking to the camera. Again, it's got a total soap opera-like structure and feel to it, but I just found myself completely enraptured and in its grasp. I don't think that this movie is going to appeal to a wide audience at all. In fact, I think it's artistic in a way that is going to find a very specific audience. But those people, and and I have to count myself as one of them, I suppose, are, are going to eat this up. I, I loved it. I highly recommend checking it out when it hits Netflix. Probably a good thing that this isn't going to theaters. I don't think this is the kind of a drama that's going to end up pulling in a large draw. Uh, but this is something that people might check out. And you know what? If it's not their vibe or if it's not your vibe, you know, you can just turn it off and go on with your day and go watch one of the other Netflix movies that they put out this fall season. There's always tons of award contenders that they are dumping on there. So you got options. But if you find anything that I'm saying intriguing and you, you want to like dig into the taboo nature of a crime like this and the psychology of how it would affect everyone involved while also enjoying a completely campy and melodramatic style mixed in there, you can't go wrong with this movie. May-December will be in select theaters on November 17th, as Netflix films usually are, for their awards qualifying run in a very limited amount of cities. But then it'll be streaming on Netflix on December the 1st. So check it out if you get a chance. And if you're really interested in what I'm saying, then by all means, go see it in a theater. It was nice to watch it in that way myself. I just think that for most people, this will probably be fine at home. Now, one last thing to share before I go. I wanted to tell you about the new home video release from Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. They are doing a 30th anniversary celebration of the film Rudy by releasing it in 4K Ultra HD on November the 14th. And I've had a chance to take a look at it and I'm very impressed. First of all, the Ultra HD presentation in both versions of the film, because this includes a theatrical cut and also a brand new director's cut, this was derived from a new 4K scan of the original camera negative, and they used Dolby Vision HDR on it, and I love it. I think it looks absolutely incredible. Watching older stuff remastered this well reminds me of the personality that movies from an era before filmmaking was so heavily digital can have. There's still a place for that shiny clarity, but there is some film grain still here in this remaster. And I, I think that helps capture the movie's period aesthetic perfectly. The colors are just gorgeous. And I already love the movie and, and it just makes it look the best it ever has. It also sounds the best it ever has with a new Dolby Atmos mix. Jerry Goldsmith's classic score is already a big winner, and it's just even more so now. The film has some new bonus features, which is always my favorite part of taking a look at new home video. 
So you get a disc with both the theatrical and director's cut in the Ultra HD. The new director's cut, I know that's what you want to know about. This adds about 13 minutes of footage total, and it's really mostly about adding a deepening of the friendship between Rudy and Father Kavanaugh in one scene. There is some extra stuff around the romantic relationship that he has with Mary. And then there are a few scenes with the football team and with the coach that seem to help kind of show the team gaining more respect for Rudy as a teammate. For me, it's always hard to compare these cuts to original cuts because I don't usually have the opportunity to watch them back to back. I mean, who has time for that? So I can't tell you for sure how it would compare, but I can tell you that it doesn't feel longer and the flow of the film is not disrupted at all from what I have been used to. So I would say good choices were made. There's also a new feature commentary with director David Anspaugh and screenwriter Angelo Pizzo, who I believe went to school together, actually. This is only on the director's cut. And this is a really fantastic commentary, I think, on the director's cut that talks about the differences as they appear, one of my favorite parts of it. But in general, it's just a really strong commentary. There's also five new additional deleted scenes. These are not the ones that are in the movie. Always interesting to see these. More Rudy is just proven to be a good thing. So that's a plus. And then there are some legacy bonus features as well. There's the theatrical trailer. There is a 13-minute, basically like a short documentary called Rudy, The Real Story, a featurette. There's a production featurette and then a little one or two minute thing with Sean Astin. This comes in a steelbook and I think it looks phenomenal. It's got some great photo choices that were used for both the front back covers and then on the inside behind where the discs go. And then it also comes with a digital code. I redeemed mine on Movies Anywhere and I got the 4K version of the film and it also carried over to my Voodoo account just fine. For our thoughts on the movie Rudy itself, you can hear us talk about it on Feelin' Film Podcast in a conversation in Minisode 26 from back on August 30th, 2017. But in your podcast app of choice or on the website, you can just type in Rudy, I'm sure, and it'll search it up just fine because it's probably the only time we've talked about this film until now. Well, that's it for this episode of Feelin' Film Podcast. Thank you for listening or watching. Please be sure and like subscribe if you're on YouTube, and share this with your friends, family, and other film lovers. That's how we get the word out, and that's how the channel and the podcast can grow. You can also always reach out to me on social media to chat or find me in the comments section on the YouTube video. I love to hear your thoughts and have some conversation about movies that I review. Have a full slate of reviews coming this week. So until next time, keep watching and keep feeling film.